Hey, this is Big Sexy Kevin Nash, and you're listening to The Rough House. Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes The Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Kristoff. Hello everybody, welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode number 320 for recording date Saturday, April 8th, 2023. I am Marty. I'm Kristoff and uh, welcome to the Lawrence of Arabia of uh, Wrestling Podcasts. We're going to go uh, four and a half hours with an intermission. And uh, just significantly Literally less... the lapsed fan? Jesus sig- Christ. Significantly less brown face than Lawrence of Arabia. Thank so, yes, we'll be a lot better off. Even in that, that would have been a Patreon exclusive at that point. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Jesus Christ, people, what, what, where do we begin? Uh, I mean, it's... I mean, I, I think I know what A1 is, but, yeah, uh, you know, we just look back and you go like, okay. We started recording on Sundays because that made sense for us. Yeah. And like the worst thing would be, okay, on a Monday, uh, you know, it would be our pay-per-view prediction and right. and not actually the result. We talk about it the following week. Uh, instead, the entire wrestling world decides, you know what? The minute, the minute they stop recording this week, yeah, we're just going to unleash fucking hell. We're going to just put everything out there. So um, let, let's let just go ahead and uh, start with uh, where are we at? Oh, I, I don't even know where I put that button. Anyway. That's what she said. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> Did I delete that? Oh, well. Anyway, let's just go. I ahead. mean, it might change anyway. So, you know. It's... Yeah. <laughs> let, let, let's go with this one then. Oh, succession recap? What's never occurred? You watched the entire uh, first three seasons yeah. and three episodes of the new season in the span of a week. I'm very impressed, my friend. Well done. <laughs> it happened, folks. It officially happened. The Wait, are you w- serious right now? No. Oh, no, no. Not that one. Not that Not that official one. Oof. I was palpitating for a second there. Yeah, I thought we were actually going to do a succession recap. Uh, no, no, no. I'm playing succession because we had another shift in the ongoing McMahon family drama because- <laughs> A couple- One's in the emergency room. <laughs> yeah. Good Lord. That, by the way, the Shane McMahon story is the one that I think needs to be revisited the most out of everything going on WrestleMania weekend. Amazing. Amazing. We'll get there. Zero notes. Sunday afternoon, shortly yeah. before day two of Mania starts, mm-hmm. word starts bubbling that it's going to be announced that Endeavor has acquired WWE. Right. Deal was in place. Deal was in place. Monday morning, first thing in the morning, press release hits, and it's true. Endeavor has acquired the WWE and intends to merge it with UFC in a to-be-named business. Right. Let us look at the key phrasing of that. After Mm. uh, a few months now of Vince McMahon uh, returning from self-imposed exile... Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. He said he was the Isle of Elba kicked him out because he was too touchy. <laughs> right, he said uh, 
he was going to uh, be be putting the WWE on sale. Uh huh. And here we are, about four months later, and WWE has not been sold. It has been acquired. It's an all stock deal. Right. So though this has valued the WWE at nine billion dollars, insane, ridiculous. And Vince McMahon is a richer man because of the stock he now owns in Endeavor. Yeah. He's apparently now worth three billion by himself. So CM Punk's long ago you're a millionaire should be a billionaire line is officially out the fucking window. <laughs> the WWE technically not purchased if, if you want to be the the the, the semantics of it all of, of the rules you want to be semantic about it yes well i mean with with any significant press release of this you know uh stature the diction and word choice is a very important right uh thing here and you know it went through various levels of rewrites with uh you know uh the pr department and then yeah. the lawyers probably back to pr back to the lawyers up to vince who probably shot it down said change this at the last minute right before they were about to hit send yeah uh, and then of course that's... it got changed a few more times even after it got sent weirdly yes enough. yeah 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 uh <laughs> so he was changing live on cnbc while they were talking about it. <laughs> yeah this was on the this is in gorilla and cnbc he was in the <laughs> he was in the programming room uh, the console. What, hey, Jim Kramer, damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, it's interesting what exactly this means and what I'm taking away, and I have very little knowledge in the world of finance and business acquisitions. Yeah, yeah, we probably now. should just put that asterisk there. Neither Chris <laughs> and I are smart when it comes to business. <laughs> I'm if our Patreon is any proof, at all. we are not smart when it comes to business. <laughs> I'm not smart at anything. However, what I'm taking away from this is that in a typical, okay, I'm selling you WWE. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, the purchaser says, here's your money, see you later. Right. In and this instance, uh, and was made clearer later in the day, I guess, when he... Vince and the COO of Endeavor were together on yeah, RM Manual. Yeah. Um, is that, yes, here's your stock yes. valued at X, Y, Z, but also here's this cush position at the top of this new company here. Yeah. Uh, he is going to remain the, the chairman of the WWE side of the business. No different than Dana White is sort of the chairman of, of UFC. This new company is owned 51% by Endeavor, or Endeavor excuse me, yeah. uh, and 49% by the current WWE stockholders, including Vince McMahon. So technically, hmm. if at any point Ari Emanuel decides, I'm done with the old man, he yeah. can boot him out of this because of that 2%. Right, yeah, he no longer holds the majority. Right. Uh, but the full understanding, based off of all of the press that was done this week, based off of how UFC was handled, when it was purchased by Endeavor, is ultimately Ari Emanuel doesn't want to quote unquote fix what isn't broken and has no want <laughs> nor want to jettison Vince McMahon from the company. In fact, he's even said that, you know, he wanted this company because of Vince McMahon. Oof. So 
you can you can totally toss out at least right now any idea of oh Vince is not going to be around Vince isn't going to do anything now look fr- last night Friday Night Smackdown was live unlike Monday Raw where they rewrote the show during the show again and mm. Vince was in Gorilla running things just like the good old days Vince was not physically there at the show. He okay. was part of the creative meeting. He apparently applied some suggestions on Friday, but uh-huh. Hunter was running the show. Paul was running the show. Levesque was running, whatever you want to call him. I still yeah, don't yeah. know what is the right name here. Um, <laughs> but Vince was not running the show. That he means- said he certainly has uh, pulled himself out of the shadows. Oh, yeah. No, there is no more. Ago. No more sly. I'm just in my office working on something here. No, yeah. man. He is he's there in full force, which has apparently had uh, quite the negative effect on the morale of the yeah. of the locker rooms uh, and you know staff, according to you know some third hand, second hand reports that have uh, come through. And uh, yeah, no shit. <laughs> right. I mean, this <laughs> man literally jeopardized the business yep. through his own philandering. Yeah, And there are a number of individuals who were only brought back and perhaps only agreed to come back because he was gone. Right. Like there is a few dozen talent, a few dozen of Paul's kids, if you will, uh, that were only ever signed to the main roster, brought back to the main roster, brought into the main roster because... Of Paul Levesque suddenly being in charge again. Hope you enjoyed those uh, main roster paychecks for a while there, Johnny Gargano. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tegan Knox. Yeah, they already got you working fucking takeovers, Johnny. So uh, it's not long for now. That reminds me, I, I hear that uh, the next big thing they're pitching for him on the main roster is when Ciampa comes back, they're going to team them up as DIY a fucking gan. Oh, yeah. Just, just run it back from the beginning. Okay, yeah. great. Have fun with that. It wasn't fun the first time for the most no. part. No. I mean, for the, for the first half of it was, and then it it, it, just, slowly it just went on and, and on, on, and on, and on, and it turned into parody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what what does this mean for the WWE? What, what, where where does this go? Um, first and foremost, if you look at WWE, let's say July 2022, before all this broke, that's before Vince, what this is going to be. Before yeah. Vince resigned in disgrace, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what where we are looking right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, just sort of reverting back to form. At least if you are a wrestler, at least if you were on television, at least you're part oh. of creative. Night two WrestleMania would surely uh, lead you to believe that it's back to that. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I, and and we'll go through that as well, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are a WWE office member. This is where things get hinky. Yeah. Because if you work for the corporate side of the business, let's take a look at what Endeavor did to UFC when they bought them. Endeavor took on a lot of debt to purchase UFC. Mm. Granted, they aren't taking on the same amount of debt because they aren't technically buying the company. It's an all-stock deal. But still, they look immediately when they do this type of merger sure. for yeah. uh, redundancies. For redundancies. Yeah. Undoubtedly, 
between what UFC does and what WWE does, there are going to be a considerable number of redundancies. You don't need two legal departments. Mm-hmm. You don't need two HR departments. You don't need... Ooh, is Jerry McDevitt on the block? <laughs> Who knows? Wow. Uh, I will would... be retained personally by Vince, so don't worry about it. <laughs> True. I would say if I am a, a WWE office worker... Especially lower tier. Yeah, I, I start just, you know, putting some feelers out on LinkedIn. Yeah, 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 tightening up that resume. We're working that network and, and trying to figure my way out. Sure. I mean, granted, you could say the same thing about UFC office members, because undoubtedly there will be some choices where they, you know, instead of going with fair existing Endeavor, Endeavor UFC employee, they go, this WWE guy either A, works cheaper, or B, it works better. Yeah. So let's go with them. Um, I don't know where else this will go. There were a number of smooth-brained morons on the internet going, oh, this is it, baby. New new era of professional wrestling, WWE versus UFC at Survivor Series. Let's fucking go. That's not fucking happening. What? (laughs) Yeah. How would you even, what, how would that be the leap you take? Yeah. Just because they're under the same umbrella. I mean, Do they're... Do door, baby! Let's go! No. Oh, my God. No, that is not... That is not what's happening. Uh, the... It has been the best and worst of wrestling Twitter the past week, I will say. There's no middle ground. Yeah. It's either the worst tweet you've ever seen or some really funny shit. Yeah. Uh, especially coming after Sunday night. Uh, oh, yeah. The results therein. Um, some beautiful meme work from the internet. But, uh, yeah... I can't say I'm shocked that this is the the direction it went in. It sounded like, especially once Comcast not too quietly threw their own mouthpiece. Yeah. CNBC was like, yeah, they're not interested. Um, It sounds like the only other uh, possible uh, uh, company that was interested in purchasing them beyond obviously the Saudi Arabia deal, which I I think probably would have gone through uh, if it weren't for these other two offers. Uh, was Liberty Media, who is the conglomerate that owns, among other things, Sirius XM and also mm. Formula One racing. So, Oh, wow. That would have been interesting. Interesting indeed. Yeah, I wasn't aware that uh, I wasn't aware of that company nor that they own those two uh, properties. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, but, uh, huh, Formula One, isn't that, wasn't that like, oh, it doesn't matter. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I was going to try and dig into that, but then I realized I don't give a shit. So I stopped myself. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I think just for day to day, it's going to be interesting. I think the next few weeks are going to be interesting, especially next few Fridays might be interesting. Well, uh, it's also important to note that this is still pending final approval. This, that's true. You know, this is this is not a done deal. I mean, the yeah. this the there's been pen to paper and um and handshakes and everything, but yeah. there still needs to be a lot of red tape to be cleared for this to be finalized. Yeah, the expectation is this can is going to be wrapped up by the end of Q3. So by yeah. the fall, everything will be uh set in stone. Um, I know that uh there's going to be some very very rich people coming out of this. Sure. Uh, yeah. Paul Levesque getting five mil when the deal closes. Nick Khan getting 15 mil when the fish mill, excuse me, when the deal closes. Uh, and this is just after Nick Khan renegotiated his deal to make nine million dollars a year. God damn. Bonuses. God damn. 
I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. You pay me five million once, I will go away forever. <laughs> but you're I, so talented, people don't want you to go away forever. I know, but still, you don't need... I know. <laughs> he says, I know. <laughs> and I'm humble, too. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying, I, I, I guess this is just the way it is. I'm the type I don't I don't need to make more than that. I'm good. I'm set. I can just live off. I can live on five mil. Yeah. 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 Think about, you know, just uh just the the uh interest. Uh you put sure. it put it in the appropriate way. You're set for life. I would imagine the people who actually do make that type of money, the reason why they make that type of money is because that's not enough for them. Then they right. just keep going and going and going. Case in point, our our uh our favorite guy, Vince McMahon who clearly could have walked away last August and never done anything ever again in his life and instead decided to jump back in and do all this. The One of the craziest things about this whole <clears throat> thing in the weekend is if I'm Vincent Kennedy McMahon and I am, you know, uh, coming back into the public eye after resigning in disgrace, you know, it's eight months ago or something like yeah. that, six to eight months ago, and I'm closing this big uh, $9 billion deal for my company that I, you know, bought for $1 million from my father and built into this worldwide juggernaut of sports entertainment. If I'm him, of all those things I just said, I'm not coming back into the public eye with a kid touch or mustache. Okay? <laughs> that is Looking like melted Walt Disney. A fucking choice right there, man. Yeah. What the hell? I mean, this is, this is proof positive that the guy has no... Uh, is, is is surrounded by nothing but yes men. Yeah. Nobody who dare. He's Logan Roy. Nobody would dare say anything against him. Uh, or say, hey, you know, maybe that mustache not a great choice, sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, nobody to say that because that mustache is not a great choice. No, no, not since Michael Jordan popped up in a Hanes ad with a Hitler stash has there been more questionable facial hair on someone of note. This is true. He's trying to take it back. Yeah, you know? yeah, he's just trying to get it back, man. Look, so it was, it was taking it back. The toothbrush stash was uh, a very popular thing up until Adolf. It was, yeah. One guy ruined an entire facial hairstyle. I mean, that's that's a feat. Yeah, and then yeah. We really looking think to do about pencil stash too. You think about the worst things he's done. He did. That's probably one of the worst, right? No, but <laughs> hang on. I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a, it's it's. It, it, as terrible a human being uh, as he was, it's impressive. It's an impressive accolade that you can ruin an entire, you know, facial hairstyle for forever. I mean, I, I mean, I, well, I don't want to say forever because I'm sure that there are some schmucks in the South who are, uh, you know, trying to grow their pube facial hair into a little Hitler stash assholes. But, um, but yeah, that's a whole other thing. Well, speaking of terrible choices. <laughs> WrestleMania 39 Night 2 was this past Sunday. And after, was it ever? And after a pretty damn good night one, I think almost everything that could have gone wrong went wrong on this show. It was, aside from one yeah. fantastic, standout, glowing, gorgeous bit of business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, other than that, it was kind of a hot fart. Yeah, up to and including... The main event, which featured Cody Rhodes against Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes looking to finish the story and instead losing clean as a whistle, not just to Roman Reigns, but to a rubber chicken. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Uh, we we we're gonna have to dissect that in in, in great detail. But, yeah. Uh, uh, and and I will say, you know, that loss was the talk of the wrestling world this week. Even some people you wouldn't expect jumped in on it. Tony Khan did a podcast appearance this week. Uh-oh. Here is his audio talking about it. <laughs> and just look how happy he is. So that is that is Sideshow Bob. Back in each elected. Is it Bears Refield? Is that the position? No, no. It was Tony Khan talking about the Cody Rhodes loss at WrestleMania. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Cody Rhodes, his big, glorious WrestleMania main event, down in flames. <laughs> sure as fuck was. Look, uh, are we just going to dig into this match now? Yeah, let's just, let's just jump okay. into that from the start. We'll work backwards after. This match, I was very into up until a certain point. Yeah. Up until the typical Roman Reigns main event where they already did all the finishing spams, so that was out of the way. Then it was the evolution of the Roman Reigns main event for the ref bump and the extra people shenanigans. That's when it all went south. Yeah. Um, It's just... This... uh, So the Bloodline story... It's been going on for, what, a year and a half? A year? Something uh, like that? Technically, it's been going on since, uh, uh, I guess, the, the post-COVID era, or, or the Thunderdome era, when it was Jay Uso challenging Roman Reigns. Okay, so two years? Yeah, two years easily at this point. And you had a pretty logical end for at least this chapter of... The bloodline yes. story, you know, you had your your issues with the Usos, you know, and Sammy and that whole thing. That and then the uh, the Usos lose the belts the night before, so they're 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 in disgrace. They don't come out with Roman Reigns. It's just Solo, who I still find it hilarious that Roman Reigns' heater is much smaller than he is. Um, and you know, you have the ref bump, and then. So, so where Solo had been kicked out already. Yeah, yeah. he got uh, sent to the back. You have the rep bump. bump. Solo comes back first, or do, do the Usos come the, out? The Usos I, I, come out first. Chased off by Sammy and KO. Yeah, which makes you think, oh shit, this is it. This is really happening. Right. Because Solo was already, you know, already tossed right. out. Now yeah. the, the Usos are gone. Who's left? Who could it be? Right. Fucking Solo again. I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> right back to where he's fat ass out over. there. Come on, <laughs> just run through the entire NOI family at this point. Yeah, I mean it's it's gotten to the point of ridiculousness where, you know, and look, I'm on record as not being the greatest Cody fan as is. Yeah, same. But in terms of the story being, the story, the bloodline story being told as it was. Cody's story being framed and told as it was. His big return, going off, setting his own uh, company up, coming back, trying to accomplish the thing his dad never accomplished. I, I, I thought they merged those stories relatively well into yeah. this WrestleMania main event. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the I don't want to say stars online, but everything kind of came together. As much and- as I was motherfucking the fact that they didn't put the belt on Zane at Elimination Chamber. Yeah. When I sat down Sunday night, I watched that main event. 
I watched those entrances when Cody came out. Yeah. And the crowd was so behind him. Yeah. In a way that you know, you know, this is what he wanted for him in AEW. Yeah. This this was the hero's reception that he yeah. wanted to be yeah. the pure white meat baby face to have thousands of screaming fans, millions of people watching at home waiting for this exact moment. Yeah, to scream, oh, in a terrible entrance song. Right. <laughs> it felt like it was tough. It did. And I'm honestly surprised that this wasn't a um, uh, a Rock Hogan situation. Or Yeah, it was Rock yeah. Hogan, yeah. where they kind of went halfway through the match and realized what the fuck was happening and yeah. didn't just change it on the fly. Yeah. Um, it's the fact that Cody lost clean and Roman's reign continues. Yeah. Um, it's just, it makes, it's just boring, honestly. Yeah, where I mean, that's really what it comes do you down go to. Now? It's uninspired and boring because there's no one, there's nobody else. He was the, he was the, he was the last one because yeah. he was the, the fresh guy back. He, Roman had beaten anybody else of note multiple times. Um, the, the and, most, the closest thing to, I won't even say the most logical, because I don't think it's logical, but the closest thing to a logical answer I have seen in terms of fan speculation subsequent to Roman winning here is, oh, he's going to lose it to Jay. No, Jay's not going to be the fucking world champion. Exactly. Stupid. You're not going to take over a thousand days of Roman Reigns being world champion and fucking put it on Jay Uso. Yeah, no. He's no, Jay no. Uso. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's 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 it's fucking insane. That's stupid as hell. Yeah. Um, and you know, granted, and, and to your credit, you called this a couple weeks ago. You know, you kind of felt that Cody wasn't going to win, and this story uh, with Cody continues through the summer. Maybe something happens at SummerSlam, but but it's a wet if, fart. It's an absolute wet fart. It's an absolute. The moment has passed. It w- it wouldn't. It won't have the same um, uh, emotional impact. Yeah. Uh, of of him winning because he'd already lost. It had already happened. People saying like, oh, here's what you do. WrestleMania 41 in Atlanta. That's when you strap him up. Two years from now? Yeah, fuck out of here with that, man. Get fucked. Uh, a. B, if the reason you didn't have Cody win is for Roman to hit this, what is it, a thousand days? Or yeah, what's the range? Uh, probably 952 or something like that today. Which is whose record? Uh, Bruno? No one. Bruno's first reign? No, no. The oh. thing is, it's also not the, just one reign, because Roman has lost and regained the belt during this run. So it's a combined thousand days as champion. Well, then what's the fucking point? The only thing I can think of is somebody went, you know what? Those thousand days t-shirts might sell pretty good. Yeah, but how many more T-shirts of Cody Reigns' uh, undisputed champion would you sell? I feel like that would sell a lot more than a thousand-day Roman Reigns T-shirt. Yeah, this is it's fucking ridiculous, and incredible. It, and that you just—I I thought it was about a continuous reign. The fact that it's about uh, cumulative days yeah. is even more mind-blowing that they didn't pull the trigger on the guy. Yeah, it's—it's it's, oh my god, that oh, that's infuriating, and I. Don't, I I hate that I'm disinvested invested in this because um, I really, in the grand scheme of things, don't give a fuck. 
but the lapse of and lack of logic here is just astounding that that this is the decision that they went and now you know according to to raw and smackdown it's kind of the same old bloodline story nothing has changed um and you know it's still uh, why give give me a reason to continue to watch this i can't i honestly can't because there's there's not much there uh it, it, so, uh, by the way, uh, he he won the Universal Championship August thirtieth, twenty twenty. So maybe, wow, maybe we're getting there, maybe. But still, it's just at at the end of the day, you have to move on. You have to progress. You have to go to the next thing. You have to the fucking comment from Triple Paul. That's my new one. Hey. Uh, during the post-show press conference, like, well, you know, Cody kept saying, finish the story. In the World Wrestling Federation, I mean, I didn't say that, I probably said in WWE. In WWE, the story never ends. Oh, fuck you. Fuck off. No. They're, they're also, are... you guys promoted that. You guys made t-shirts saying, finish the fucking story. <laughs> He's a kindy brother. Let him, let, him, <laughs> let him do his thing. Um, It's, I... And then the, the, the what you, what you said though hits the nail on the head. For the first time in a very long time, you and I both were invested in a main event for WrestleMania. Yeah. yeah. We wanted to see what would happen. Yeah, they had our curiosity. you had gentlemen, you have my curiosity. Exactly. You know. So instead they deliver the same old WWE bullshit. Yeah, that's been happening for the past two and a half years. The bloodline story continues, yeah. which, by the way, this bloodline story could continue as you're telling it without Roman as fucking world champion. Yeah. It makes no difference. Yeah. It's, it's, infuri- it's, in, I mean, I don't want to say infuriating. It's frustrating because I, again, I don't care and I'm not going to watch. Basically, we feel dumber for having given them the opportunity. Pretty much. Yeah. This is, this is a full-on Lucy with the football moment. This is a shame on us. Yeah. This is a shame on us. I mean, it's also a shame on them, but... It, it More on us than them. It's... Oh, uh, they, <laughs> I don't want to lessen their, their blame in all of this here, because it's pretty substantial. But, so, uh, yeah. WrestleMania kicked off, WrestleMania Night 2, that is, kicked off with Miz and the Snoop Dogg in the ring, once again doing their SNL-esque monologue, uh, talking about the new champions, Rhea Ripley, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn. Crowd cheered, Snoop Dogg said, we have a great show for you. Kid Rock is here, we'll be right back. <laughs> and we went. That would have been on brand. <laughs> really would have. Uh, and then we went into the first match of the night, which was Brock Lesnar versus Omos. Oh yeah. And I didn't hate this. No, this match was pretty much what it needed to be. I mean, yeah. Brock, Brock, to his credit, sold his ass off. Yeah. For the first plucky baby face, Brock is not a role we're used to from him, and he actually no. executed it pretty fucking well here. He did. I mean, Brock is Brock has a high wrestling IQ. He just. We don't really get to see it much because most of his matches are pretty much the same. So when, yeah. when he is significantly smaller than his opponent, you get a a, a different Brock, and it it was 
fun to watch. Yeah. And I thought there might have been a little more struggle in him trying to get Omos up for the uh, for the F5. But no, I think it was attempt two and he nailed it in one, two, three. And that was it. So, yeah, you know, five minutes on that one. Yeah. As, as, as we joked, Brock, uh, you know, if he's not main event and he's uh, he was he was home from his private jet in time to watch Succession that night. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the the thing that I think is particularly funny is you got to see this this new different version of Brock. You know the the this baby face version of Brock. Yeah. So of course Monday night they turn him heel and have him out. Of course he murk Cody for ten unabated minutes. Did it go that long? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. It it was an absolutely king sized ass beating on Cody. Oh, like if he wasn't chumped enough the night before. Yeah. He got chumped further. Oh, Hope my. that uh paycheck was worth it, bud. Yeah. Went to the Fatal 4-Way Tag Match. All the ladies, as Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler defeated Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, Natalia and Shotzi, and Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. This was not comparable to the men's 4-Way the night before. They tried. They did. It but just didn't. Uh, people didn't got land. fucking lost. Yeah. And did, I still haven't heard anything, you know, now almost a week later. Did Shayna fuck up her foot or something? I would imagine, but she wasn't even in the match. Yeah, that, that's the thing. She and Ronda were barely in the match, and for the finish... I mean, they, they caught some dives on the outside, so maybe that was it. Yeah, but so for the finish, Shayna and, and Ronda come back in. Ronda had a yeah. soft cast on because she's got a, a fracture in her arm, but Shayna's, like, got her boot or got her uh, wrestling shoe off on one yeah. foot, and yeah. it's got tape on it. Like, I don't know what the fuck happened there. If it was an injury, it would not be the only mid-match injury of the night. No, no. Um, but yeah, the the um, this match, the finish of this match, was basically what happens when you let a wrestler get control over their finishes. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a reason not to do it, yeah. despite their regardless of who they are. And honestly, Ronda Rousey's name is not one that should merit creative control. Uh, especially not now. The yes. shine is well off. Of that. Well off. Um, Bobby Lashley came out as the winner of the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, and he was just happy to be there. Yep, yep. Waving his trophy around on his way. Yep, no special match, no uh, big debut or return or nothing. Just, hey, how you doing? Uh, as, as much as people wanted uh, something with L.A. Knight. Yeah. Uh, n nothing happened there. It looks like, in fact, his new feud is with Xavier Woods about not liking video games. That's what they set up Friday. Oof. Oh, yeah. Vince isn't back at all. No, not at all. <laughs> um, we then had probably the match of the weekend, WWE-wise. Yes. I it was say. the Intercontinental Championship triple threat match between Gunther, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus. Big Dave Meltzer went five stars on this one. I'm not typically the type to rate, but if I were, I'd be right there beside him. This absolutely fucking ruled. This was fantastic. This was the the big meaty men slapping meats, and yeah. it was that to eleven. I mean, it was yeah. the WrestleMania version of this. Three big, uh, you know, in various different ways of being big men, just beating the fuck out of each other, and the crowd, shockingly mega into it yes and yeah. mega into Seamus which yeah yeah I hadn't really been following Seamus's trajectory in recent uh years but um 
they really seem to want Sheamus to win that match. Well, the, the the big story going into it was Sheamus had one title that's eluded him his entire career in WWE, okay. which is really? the Continental. That's the only one he hasn't won. Huh. He's had tag and titles. He's had... As long as he's been around, that's kind of shocking. World, universe, yeah. like, but the only one that's missing for him is the IC. So it, it, it was... The story was going to be like, oh, this is it. You know, he's right. going to have his mania moment. He's going to check off that last box. Instead, fucking Gunther remains unbeatable, man. Um, yeah. Well, and the other, the side story is, you know, his longstanding friendship with Drew when Drew cost him the uh, the title, too, because he had he had uh, Walter pinned there uh, for a minute. But, uh, yeah, Drew pulled him out. Two things I wanted to note about this match, though, also sort of relative to night one is this was a sponsored match a la uh, the the four-way tag sponsored yeah. by Tax the night before the Cinnamon Toast Crunch domestic violence match yeah. between uh, Dom and Ray. Uh, this was sponsored by Mike's Hard Lemonade, and it somehow made perfect sense for this match. Yeah. Uh, I, I was not mad at that. And also, Titus O'Neil was on commentary for this. Yes. I seated him on commentary the night before. I don't know if he had a few Mike's Hard Lemonades in him, but Titus was hooting and hollering throughout the entire match, and it just added so much to the enjoyment of that match. I think Titus being a big meaty man helped uh, helped add the, uh, you know, he was the fourth big meaty man in that match, okay? He was he was the big meaty hype man. Uh, yeah, he, it, it was genuinely The awesome. of that match. I had a great uh, time with you just needed a Mike's Hard Lemonade branded clock around his neck. It would have been fantastic. Although I don't think he uh, would have put any kind of alcoholic uh, beverage into his very Christian body. Um, but uh, but yeah, that match was absolutely fantastic. I mean, I was like, <laughs> I was like laughing and yeah. just like you know, that that like devilish like what the fuck is happening? Yeah, this is great sort of feel. Yeah, it, I, and I don't get that feeling from you know every night. It's it's a it was one of those on paper. Okay, this could be great, but then it was great, and then it even exceeded that. Yeah, it was just it, a it, shockingly fantastic. Like that, I I know this match is going to come back up for me when I fill out oh, yeah. invoices of wrestling ballot at the end of the year. Yeah, because yeah. this absolutely ruled. Big same. Uh, Bianca Belair defeated Oscar to retain the Raw Women's Championship. I thought this was fine. Uh, it, it never got into that extra gear for me. For me, uh, I can't say because I didn't watch it because I split the channel to watch Succession. So and then I never and then I never went back. To uh, the entrances were really cool. Um, Oscar basically had a whole bunch of Oscar doppelgangers that came up before her. Oh, cool! Uh, and then um, it was uh, I forget the exact name of the group, but it was a, a young uh, a young girl dancer group from Compton who oh, did cool. the entrance with Bianca and. Uh, they were all doing like the Bianca dance with her and, and all that. And uh, nice. it was a really cool moment. Uh, Bianca's really good. The crowd really wanted Asuka to win, though. And yeah, uh, the fact that they didn't uh, definitely, or that she didn't rather, definitely sort of uh, deflated the bit. Is that uh, this feud must continue? No, it was clean as hell. Oh, okay. Uh, the original plan on Monday. Was there going to be two women's triple threat matches to decide number one future character. challenger for Bianca? Both those matches got scrapped during the show. Suck. Nothing doing for Bianca. No, Vince isn't back in charge, guys. What are you talking about? And then this happened. 
So Snoop Dogg and The Miz were in the ring announcing that night's attendance, 81,395, bringing the two-night total to over 161,000. Okay, all right. Miz well, was, 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 was night two just slightly higher than night one? Uh, about 1,000 people, yeah. Okay, all right, of course. Of yeah. course, you couldn't have night one outsell night two. No. Uh, so Miz was complaining to Snoop Dogg about putting him in an impromptu match last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Snoop said, hey, my bad, which actually made the crowd laugh. Miz said, you know, this was my, you know, this is my city. This was unfair. And Snoop's like, I don't know what you're talking about. This is our city, and I got an opponent for you. When suddenly, here comes the money. There we go. talk. Here comes the money. A wild scene. <laughs> the fail son returns. Oh. Shane McMahon. Just over a year after being fired from the yeah. WWE for booking for arguably war. the worst Royal Rumble of all time, <laughs> Shane is given the opportunity in front of 80,000 fans, millions watching at home, and most importantly, his father and gorilla to redeem yeah. himself, to have That's another thing WrestleMania of- moment with The Miz, and within 60 seconds, promptly blows his quad. I mean, that's the family play, though, right? It's it's like father like son. It's hilariously apropos. Uh, but that's what uh, that's what nepo babies do, right? They uh, they just keep fucking up and keep coming back. That's the joy of nepotism. It was amazing. Like you could not have scripted it better, dude. Dude comes out to the ring to a mega pop because, like, if you had told well, me, nobody like, nobody expected, yeah, Shane nobody expected Shane. Shane was What's fucking exiled man. at this point. No yeah. one suspects the Spanish Inquisition. He's fucking uh, been sent off to Antarctica by uh, yeah. Vince. He's not allowed to be involved in anything. So he pops up. He does his dance. He comes down the massive ramp. He gets in the ring. And he's fucking purple. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big ramp. I'd be blowing up too. I, no, no disagreement. But he's he's looking fucking rough from the jump. Yeah. He takes the mic briefly to say thank you to the fans, and he sounds like hell. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if you ever heard uh, uh, Patton Oswalt's bit about Axl Rose making his big return. <laughs> yeah. That's all I could think of with this. Because he was not prepared for this. And the fact that literally while like the camera is shifting to go oh this is a match let's shift camera angles fucking shane goes down oh my god and and bless extended member of the roughhouse family jessica carr here yeah because you can hear her fucking yelling at snoop do a fucking people's elbow (laughs) yeah (laughs) and snoop dog having more poise than 99 percent of the people in the performance center and just going like yeah all right, this is what we're doing. Flip, yeah. Flip, elbow drop, and Snoop Dogg wins the Shane McMahon Miz match. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Oh man, what a what a just complete, absolute disaster of a segment. Uh, you know, Snoop, not the best rope runner. Uh, granted, no. but but that elbow, that looks pretty. That looked pretty dope. Granted, pretty dope. probably was a legit elbow. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's definitely, he, yeah, Shane definitely took full force of that. He didn't yeah. pull anything. Yeah. It's like he's there in the, laying there, writhing in agony with the torn quad. And then just gets this massive, 
uh, what, what, Snoop's probably like, what, 6'4", six, 6'5"? Six, well, he had the elbow on Miz, not Shane. Shane, they got out of the ring by that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But even still, Miz just like... Because oh, he clocked him first. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Snoop clocked him. Yeah. I forgot. Might be. My bad. Like, in, in everything, I feel like there's still not enough focus being put on Shane McMahon having this opportunity to redeem himself in front of the world. Uh-huh. And completely... Like, the only way it could have gotten worse is if he shit his pants at the same time. <laughs> he and he might have. He he might have. have. <laughs> we don't know. I mean, he wears black pants, so we'll never yeah. know. Uh, I mean, it's a white jersey, I feel like. It, it wasn't tucked in, though, was it? No, no, no. I'm just feeling, you know, would have been a little butt flap going on back there. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, what is suddenly that? the disembodied head of Russell Crowe was yelling about the hell of the cell. <laughs> That's an interesting tie-in. Uh, <laughs> so you have Russell Crowe's promoting a movie called The Pope's Exorcist, uh, allegedly based on the true files of the actual Vatican exorcist. Um, wait, wait, does that mean I could have put it in our rough house divided and based on damn, the well, story? Well, we haven't seen it yet, so we can't tell if oh, it's, okay. you know, five stars or uh, one and a half. Yeah, I'm probably leaning towards five because ridiculous. Russell Crowe is kind of, kind of in my wheelhouse that you see unhinged. <laughs> no, watch that. Should it was, I, should I check it out? <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Actually. Okay. I kind of enjoyed it. Um, anyway, this is an Academy Award winning actor. The period at WrestleMania. So, yeah. you know, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Kevin Hart. You you just got absolutely knocked down yeah. the list of top stars that are a part of this show. And he even, like, tweeted after, tweeted about it after the fact. Yeah. Uh, or so. his intern or, did. I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah. still. Sony Pictures, yeah. social media intern who had access to Russell Crowe's account. <laughs> But still, I mean, that's uh, that's not a bad coup for uh, no, 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 for WWE. Uh, it, it, it was it was just surreal. Is really the best way to put it. Because then that what? went right into the trailer for the Pope's Exorcist, okay. which then went into the intros for the Hell in the Cell match, which was Demon Balor, yes, against Brood Edge, yes. Now, what I want to know is how much it cost. Vince to license uh, South of Heaven by Slayer. Uh, I can't imagine it being a lot of money. <laughs> so <laughs> I got to say, both of these guys let me the fuck down on their entr- entrances because you have Finn Balor coming out with the uh, demon paint for the first time in years. Years. I, I think 2019 was the last time he pulled it out. Yeah. So you have an opportunity to kind of reset this. Yeah, and in my head, because this is a different Finn Balor, this is heel Finn, this is yeah, Judgment, Judgment Day, Day Finn. Finn. I'm thinking, well, maybe he goes back to like when he first started doing the paint, like in, in progress and, and and that sort of thing, where like it's just like a, a dark paint like all over him. But no, he still fucking comes out wearing the '90s rave headgear. He's yeah. got fucking uh, smoke flares that he yeah. Toss it around with a weird slow-mo gimmick on the camera. And as if he's wearing the fucking Ben Cooper Halloween costume of his character, he's got Balor on his own back. Like, yeah, the only way it would be worse is if it was a gigantic plastic smock costume. <laughs> the one they sell at Halloween. Yeah. It, it bothered me. But then, okay, Edge comes out. 
Yeah. Sorry. Brood Edge comes out as indicated on the Titantron. Right, which was never... Never a thing. Never a thing. Never a thing. Comes out the south so, of heaven. So Gangrel was there? No! <laughs> so so he came out and, and drank the blood and spit it out? No! Uh, okay, so Christian a, was there. He had fucking uh, Hikaru Shida's mirror headpiece yeah. on his head, and he had, he had bat a wings. mirror gimp mask. Yeah. Yeah. And he had bat wings for some reason. Looked pretty bad. It looked ridiculous. Yeah. And yes, South of Heaven, awesome choice. Sure, yeah. But the brood music fucking rules. It does, and it's right there. You didn't have to pay right there. It it costs you nothing. Now, the only thing I can think, I don't know if, I think that they were on Columbia Records, not the Columbia Record House, but actually the label Columbia Records at the time. Um, And I think Rick Rubin uh, owned it at the time. So Rick Rubin might have just said, hey, here you go. Yeah, I'm sure Rick Uh, Rubin was there, by the way. He was. I think I saw him oh, talking he, backstage to Kevin Owens. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> in a backstage uh, Instagram or something like that. So then we get into the cell, and it's the old cell, which was cool. It wasn't the okay. red one. All right. But they're pulling out, like, kendo sticks and chairs, which already I'm like, Jesus, fuck. Well, I mean, it's a plunder match. What do you it's want? It's a plunder match, but, like, let's have some different fucking plunder. Did Okay, here's the thing. Did the match start with a uh, a lockup? Uh, it did not. Think okay, good. They they immediately <laughs> went for the weapons, but all the weapons were color coded to each guy. So there were like purple kendo sticks and red chairs and all this dumb shit. Okay, it was just like what? It, it's enough of a stretch that they have kendo sticks under the ring. Well, yeah, I mean they 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 serve- don't have a WWE dojo. Like New Japan right. at least has some, some yeah, like keyfabe. Jado brings his own kind of yeah. stick anyway. So, yeah. but I mean, tables and chairs kind of have a uh, a shoot reason to be under the ring for the ringside area and the yeah. ringside crew and stuff like that. There's no reason Why for a kendo stick to be under the ring. Yes, exactly. No reason for a kendo stick to be under a ring. So they're, they're having this match. That's fine. They're beating the shit out of each other. Really, they're just stealing a lot of spots from the Usos New Day Hell in the Cell, which I think okay. is one of the most underrated matches of modern WWE history. Yeah, that shit was great. Edge takes the ladder and throws it at Finn Balor's head. Okay, that's a suspect Finn choice. Goes down. Sure. And it is abundantly clear by the puddles appearing underneath him. He's busted open. Yeah. So for a good solid eight to ten minutes, oof, the match is on pause while they take care of Finn Balor. And they don't shoot him while this is happening. Of course. So it's just Edge like pacing around the ring, grabbing some additional weapons, that sort of thing. Unbeknownst to us watching at home and probably most of the live crowd, Finn Balor's head is legitimately being stapled in the ring. Yeah. Call me ghoulish, but this is the type of thing that if you don't shoot it while it happens, you promote the fuck out of on commentary. Yeah. That this man is willing to go through not just hell in a cell, but is having his head stapled so he can continue in the match. 
Okay. I mean, all right. So there's two sides of this. One, yes, I understand your your point of view. Um, the other side of this is Edge ended up winning the match, right? He did. So why not just go to the fucking finish? What happened after they restarted the match that really needed to happen uh, that couldn't have been told any other way that they had to delay all this and do all this, not just go to the finish and get the guy medical help? Uh, nothing big. Uh, probably the biggest spot was there a was a, uh, well, before that, uh, there was a, weirdly enough, there was a platform inside the cell for the first time ever. Okay. Uh, Balor jumped, uh, or climbed up onto that. He w- jumped off to do a, uh, coup de gras uh-huh. through, uh, edge on the table. Um, edge moved. So he coup de gras himself through a table. Yeah. Uh, and then that led to the finish, which was the concerto. Yeah, no, just finish the fucking match. Just go yeah. to the finish. Yeah, no, that that's stupid. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. You're up. <clears throat> so uh, then we had a lot of time killed before the main event. Good God! They showed all the movie parodies that they filmed. Kayla Braxton interviewed Bianca Belair. Uh, they recapped the Hall of Fame. They brought out everyone from the Hall of Fame. Yeah, they had a video for Mania next year in Philadelphia. They showed Seth Rollins' entrance from the night before. Huh. Uh, then they had the video package of the main events, including so that son of a bitch, Brody Huber, jumping sides, <laughs> being a part of Cody's entrance <laughs> on Sunday. Look, uh, well, to, to, before we get to the uh, negative one, uh, um, all that stuff was shown to people with Peacock Plus. Yes, uh, the people the the people who are slumming it with the uh, ad version of Peacock, and this was a big complaint I had for uh, the whole night is that, you know, um, the the match recap, the the pre match recap videos were only shown to people on Peacock Plus, uh, which I think I call on Twitter a cunty move. Yeah, uh, because I, as somebody who doesn't watch WWE, I didn't get to really get the story heading into the match. Uh, because I get the ad version of Peacock. And there are ways to, with all the extra shit that they showed throughout the evening, to still show those videos so your people who are watching... And honestly, with WrestleMania, it should be even more apparent to do that because WrestleMania is the one time where a lot of people who don't normally watch tune in. Yeah. And you want to tell your stories, right? That's what you're in the business of, telling stories athletically. So to d- deprive people of that is just bad business and a stupid decision. Yeah. Um, so I didn't see any of those movie parodies. And I don't remember exactly when I, I did. I definitely tuned in an- with enough time to see the Hall of Fame uh, people come out. Right. Um, and then a bunch of time killing and promos and commercials before we got to the main. And then the fucking entrances alone were probably 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. They, they uh, looped combined. the fucking songs on these intros. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, so, so Cody comes out, God pop, everybody does the whoa thing to his terrible song, yeah. uh, big fight feel, sees the family at ringside. It's, it's Brandy, it's the baby. And then there's little fucking negative one right there. Um, and you know, I could make a snarky IWC remark about this, but the fact of the matter is that, you know, the day Brody, uh, Lee died, yeah. Cody was one of the three people to sit with uh, little Brody uh, and, you know, tell him everything. Yeah, look, right legitimately, help him through. I, like that's it is a cool moment. And it, it, it is it's, a cool it's hard. I'm not going to be uh, a schmuck about that. Yeah. Of of that. Uh, 
and and also kind of a cool moment just in wrestling that like yeah that was allowed to happen neither side really put up a fit about it I mean, what's Tony going to say? I mean, uh, yeah, Tony, especially <laughs> fucking yeah. Vince or Paul are going to be the ones that be cunty about it. Right. Um, but yeah, like we said, you know, this felt like the moment. It was a pretty decent match, you know, for the Roman formula. Um, I Like I said, I was enjoying the match. Like the back yeah. and forth was good. They, you know, they were telling a decent story. Every Everybody's moves were hitting crisp. It seemed like they had good, uh, you know, good um, rapport in the ring, some good chemistry in there. And then the the shit show shenanigans, uh, the shit show shenanigan fuck factory happened, and then I like legit laughed out loud. Yeah. <laughs> when when Cody lost clean, I was like, <laughs> "You fucking idiots!" Yeah. But as we quickly approach an hour, like we said, we're gonna go along this week. Let's go from someone not being anointed as champion to someone finally being anointed as champion. By the moment, talk about all to go, boy. Uh, that's certainly one of them. Uh, New Japan. Kyle Fletcher, finally champion in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, New Japan Sakura Genesis is in the books. It was bright and early this morning. Uh, always a big show. We had some big things occur on it. Uh, a number one is we have a new IWGP heavyweight champion as the leader of just five guys. Sonata, brand new look, very tiny pants. Yeah. has defeated Kazuchika Okada finally to become IWGP world champion. Um, good for him. Yeah. Uh, word is the match is very good. Uh, of course, haven't seen it yet because clearly it just ended a little bit ago. Yeah. Um, but uh, what I find most interesting is the person who came out to be his first challenger, Hiromu Takahashi, yeah. Stepping up and wanting a shot at the world title while being world heavyweight title while being well, the junior title. Right, because he defended his title early of like the match before yeah, against against Robbie Eagles, yeah. Who is a part of TMDK now. Yes. Zack Saber Jr.'s uh faction. Zack Saber re- retained his title against Shooter, right? Am I getting yeah. that right? Yes, that's good. Yeah. Heard that match okay. was very good as well. Okay. Um also on the show, uh ELP seems to be on the outs of Bullet Club as he was yeah. attacked uh, after uh, the six-man tag he was a part of uh, by uh, David Kenta, Kenta, Kenta and Taji Ishimori. So there goes the world's cutest tag team. Uh, <laughs> Is that what they were calling themselves? Yes. Uh, so ELP, since David Finlay has taken over as leader, he's been questioning the leadership of David Finlay, and it looks like the Bullet Club decided to turn on him. How does David Finley just enter the Bullet Club and then just become de facto leader? They just did find replace on Gato's booking for Jay White. Gotcha. Okay. More on him later. White dude with a weird voice. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, Mercedes Monet retained the IWGP Women's Championship over Hazuki and Azumi. Here, that match was really fucking fun. <laughs> it's just funny to hear those names back to back. Hazuki and Azumi. Sounds like a, a Japanese uh, morning zoo radio show. <laughs> oh, five thirty to ten. <laughs> yeah, live from uh, from from fucking uh, the 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 something prefecture. <laughs> something I don't know. Azuki and Azumi in the morning. <laughs> Sorry. Mayu Iwatani came out afterwards oh. to challenge Monet for the belt. That'll be a part of the next big stardom show. Okay. Uh, like you said, ZSJ defended the World Television Championship against Shota Amino successfully. And Aussie Open 
are our new IWGP Tag Team Heavyweight Champions defeating the Bishamon team of Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. I couldn't believe that they were still champions when I saw that match. My prediction in the app thing, I was yeah. like, oh God, yeah, Aussie Open's winning this shit. So <laughs> I'll get some free line, uh, line coin for that. There you go. Well, this week after a laughable end to WrestleMania weekend and a uh, massive announcement on Monday from the WWE about merging with UFC, all eyes were on Tony Khan on Wednesday. How did he run with it? Let's see. Like a fuse. Bring the boom. He he fucking brought the boom on this one, man. Uh, this was in this guy with a internet purchase microphone. Internet purchase microphone. Humble opinion. <laughs> this was arguably one of the best front to back dynamites ever. Ever. I felt like pretty much every segment over-delivered. Okay. All right. I mean, it was, yeah, no, it was a pretty, it was a pretty good, I'm trying to, it's hard because now we've, are, we're a couple years deep into the show and I'm trying yeah. to think of, you know, shows that stand out. It's probably, yeah, it's probably the conversation. So the show kicks off live from... Long Island, always a very good uh, uh, venue for uh, AEW, even though MJF is a massive face there. Right. So they give a little bit of that Bizarro World stuff. She opens off yeah. with the long-awaited grudge match between Juice Robinson and Ricky Starks. And as the show starts, Juice Robinson is already in the ring. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, boy. They have cooled <laughs> off on him fast. So Ricky Starks is making his way to the ring as the show is kicking off. Yeah. He gets halfway down the ramp, and we're talking like it's 8.01 yeah. at best at this point. When all of a sudden you hear Bullet Club, you hear like the, the sword slap or, or knife slash. Where yeah. for a minute I was like, are they playing Yuta's theme and do they fuck up? Like, uh, what, yeah, what yeah. happened? And then fucking Jay White's music hits. Yeah. He runs down and starts beating the piss out of Ricky Starks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Jay White uh, in New Japan. He eventually, or yeah, out of New Japan into AEW. He got the all-league graphic later. Uh, not that much later. Yeah. It's in the evening. Uh, they're beating up on uh, on Ricky Starks. Nobody comes out to say Steve Starks. No. He kind of just gets his ass kicked out. Andretti apparently just enjoying a sandwich backstage. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's 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 new. He's really uh, taking advantage of that catering. He's packing up a styrofoam container yeah. for the for the plane ride home. <laughs> um, uh, bringing some back to the MCW Arena, Joppa, Maryland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna swing it by after we record uh, to get a to get a cookie. Um, <laughs> right down the street. Uh, so. The, the 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 laughable thing about this is, oh, Juice Robinson's here. He's gonna be this new, you know, uh, big yeah. guy. Nope, he's just a he's just a misdirect for Jay White. I was like, yeah, that guy's got to suck for Juice. Yeah, uh, well, look, he's still he's married he's to Tony Storm, and he's married to Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he wins in life, really. Yeah, it's 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 not a bad scenario by any means. I'm actually really intrigued by the idea of a Jay White Ricky Starks program because they're both yeah. super talented, but not yeah. in the standard spot monkey way that we're kind right. of used to for, you know, a hot acquisition into AEW. And they're also really talented on the mic. 
So they are. Uh, I, I think that could be really fun. Um, but again, I, I I do have my apprehensions about Jay White, as we discussed over text, you and I. Yeah. And, you know, it's looks like we're going full on in another faction here. So we get now we got full on Bullet Club. Yeah. At least, Bullet at least Club. black and gold. They're calling themselves. Okay. Great. Another fucking faction. Uh, a faction of a faction. Um, and then, you know, sure, Jay White's facing Ricky Starks now. But again, it's one of those feuds where really neither one of those guys should lose the feud. Um, sure, Ricky could probably recover easier than Jay White, who's just debuting, could. Um, but then say Jay White beats Ricky Starks in this feud, does he go right into the main event? scene because then you have you know heel mjf against heel jay white and if he were to go into the tnt title you know what i think actually an interesting trajectory for him would be he and starks however that blows off go oc versus jay white for the international belt okay all right that would be an interesting direction but still i mean you know when you expect a big debut of somebody who's been world champion another promotion you don't expect him to go after the third tier belt, you know. Fair. It's kind of it's kind of a downgrade. Um, Although I so, would argue it might be the second tier belt, depending on how you feel about Powerhouse Hobbs as TNT champion so far. Well, I mean, okay, it, it, in terms of hierarchy of, yeah, of yeah. how these belts were introduced, yeah, I mean, OC has been working his ass off and been putting real on bangers week after week, sometimes twice a week. Yeah, as we saw this week here, but um, but yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I like Jay White. I do. I just. I'm curious where he fits into the greater, you know, situation. AEW is definitely more in need of a top tier baby face right now than a heel. Than another heel. Agreed. So I, I certainly can agree with you. I mean, yes, they are definitely lifting up Darby and, and Jungle Boy through this yeah. with MJF into the upper echelon of baby faces. Yeah. But I, I, I totally get your point. He can, uh, Jay White can and unfortunately likely will get lost in the shuffle here. Yeah. But uh, my understanding is WWE just assumed he was coming in, and they didn't really make a big play. Oh, really? <laughs> they just assumed it was a done deal. Uh, and that is part of what shifted things, because Tony was like, I actually want to have you. Yeah. And, and talking about plans for him and all that, versus WWE was full on like, oh, yeah, we know you're coming. Uh, yeah, that, that, that tracks. Yeah. You know, Tony having worked with him before. Um, and, you know, obviously being more familiar with his work. The thing that's funny is they could conceivably just run a standard New Japan match this year as a Forbidden Door match because Jay is now technically on the other side of the door. That's true. That's true. Well, there's there's a big summer of shows that Tony has to book, so there's yeah. a lot of... As, as we'll get as, into in just yeah. a moment. Yeah, so we'll we'll, uh, we'll get to our speculation on that. Yeah. So Tony Schiavone is backstage with Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is talking about... Uh, Adam Cole's big win last week as it continues to look like Chris Jericho versus Adam Cole is our eventual destination. Yeah. Uh, Jericho was talking about how uh, he felt that Cole celebrated a little too long and really rubbed things in the face of Daniel Garcia. Well, he also kind of said that he punked Garcia. Yeah. Which is not a great thing to say about the guy you're trying to boost in your own faction, right. but there are better ways to frame it. When of all people... Keith Lee pops up to looking like defend uh, the honor of Adam Cole. I mean, I get they have a history. They do. But and I think Keith Lee versus Jericho next week is an interesting match. It is not one that we've seen before. I I, I, 
I, I, just, I was just, I was confused by, yeah. by why him, why now? And also the fact that uh, Keith Lee has stopped dyeing his hair yeah. uh, is just, I don't know. It, 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 it's going to take some getting used to for me. Yeah. He he looks like he's aged 20 years when really he's you know, right. changed at all. Yeah. It looks like he just kind of freeze frames about, you know, three seconds into the face melting in Raiders. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good look. <laughs> that. So then we had the Trios title match. House, <clears throat> House of Black. Defending the best friend in Orange Cassidy. Best friends making their entrance into the arena via Sue's van. Yeah. Another uh, big return tonight. Old Dustin not knowing how to work the automatic doors on the van is uh, perfectly on brand. Yes. Uh, (laughs) This match absolutely fucking ruled. I love how they continue to build Brody King as a beast and a half. But shock of shocks, Trent Taylor is the one to take the loss. (laughs) <laughs> pinned by Buddy Matthews. Wait, Trent Taylor? Which one was it? To Chuck Taylor. <laughs> okay. It's Bryce Martin. Come on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just just look at that tree. It's Terry. OC, who, who Tony loves. Yeah. You have Trent, who Tony loves. Yeah. And then there's Chuck. <laughs> so maybe Justin and Tony don't have that much. Uh, they, they do have a lot in common. So Excalibur then throws it to a video of Christian Cage. Christian Cage is in the hallway. When out of a spooky door with a red light comes Luchasaurus with a new elbow pad and presumably less legally concerning mask. <laughs> I mean, okay, I, I, I don't dislike Luchasaurus, um, but... I Luchasaurus I as Kane does nothing for me. And much like how Jungle Boy really needs to change his yes, name and exact look to be taken exactly. more seriously, Luchasaurus is not the best name for him. No, and also, uh, if this, I, I, if, if they're back involved with Jungle Boy again, I'm gonna flip the fucking table over because yeah. no, stop it. Yeah. This is over and done. So I, I think it would have been cool for him to pop up without the mask. Like he's yeah. he's an imposing looking guy. He is. Yeah. Um, anyway, then we had Jimmy Hader defending the AEW ooh, Women's ooh. Title successfully against Riho. Banger, it's baby. Fucking rolled. Banger. Just oh, God, I. My queen, Jamie Hayter. You could tell that Jamie Hayter really enjoys beating the piss out of and having the piss beaten out of her. I love her. Yeah. I adore her. This she's she's my everything. This was so good. <sighs> so goddamn good. Her uh, if it came down between her and Florence Pugh, I mean, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't I don't know where I would fall on that. That's that's like uh that's a Sophie's choice of of weird sexual proclivity right there. The uh, double hater aid goes for the finish. Match rolled, though. Yeah. Uh, definitely worth checking out if you haven't. Quite good. Yet. Quite. Uh, the next two segments are the closest I feel the show got to kind of a, a down point. Uh, Renee Paquette backstage with the outcasts who basically just do a promo where they're like, well, uh, one of us is going to go for the women's belt. And they had. Yeah, exactly. Angelo Parker, Jake Hager, and Matt Menard come out. And asked the acclaim about joining the JAS. Yeah, and then the acclaim comes out. Bowens or um, Catster does his rap, which pretty clearly gives them their answer. Yes. Uh, and then you know Bowens does a scissor me daddy ass bit, and then uh, Angie Parker or Angie and yeah, that's is that yeah cool. Angie Parker yeah, yeah. Or, sorry uh, yeah, Menard and Parker. Menard and Parker yeah uh, pretty much just ignore everything that says like hey we got a tag match on uh, Friday. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Certainly interesting. Sure. An eight-man tag. Okay. Definitely a choice. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, 
I, I see why they did that now after what happened on Friday, but right. still, it just time it was very odd. Yeah, uh, and then we had a segment that I feel like was very love or hate. Um, well, it's MJF, so what do you want? I adored it. <laughs> it was MJF Day in Long Island, and it kicked off with a live band. Yeah, yeah. Playing a full-on like jazz intro, yeah, for MJF, and it's straight into Pennies from Heaven. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, went, went right into Pennies from Heaven as as he sang beautifully. Frankly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this felt like the beginning of an MJF late night show. <laughs> it did. That's what it felt. Yeah, and I think that is uh, an era of his character that he should lean into. I I think the lightly. Like, kind of Frank Sinatra Dean Martiny thing really worked here. So here's all right, here's a wild uh Tony Khan, I know you're listening here. Yeah. In lieu of the next Battle of the Belts, take that hour of special programming and let MJF do a variety show. Fuck yeah. I I I would be willing to see it. And I would stay up till midnight on a Friday night as old as I am and as terrible as that sounded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to watch that cuz yeah. that that is interesting. And the guy the guy has the chops. He can sing. He has the personality to carry that. He, and if watching, you know, uh, it's just because we're talking about MJF, I'll talk about it. I watched the first episode of All Access. Have you watched All Access? I, I've seen the first one and part of the second one. I haven't okay. watched all the second one. So in the first episode, the one I watched, there's there's a couple quick bits of MJF saying, what, you're going to cameraman follow me around what am i gonna kick what if i kick a hobo i don't want that on film like he's staying in character because he's fjf and that's the kind of stuff that you know works uh in in a situation like that so i feel like giving the guy a variety show and we always complain about his segments going too long for a dynamite Mm -hmm. but if it was in its own self-contained bubble Yes. Uh, I think if there think ever were a reason work. to reinstitute a Cody verse, it might be for MJF. <laughs> I mean, you know, so he has a song, the dance, they go to the ring. Joseph Saldino, the supervisor of the town of Oyster Bay, is presenting the key to Long Island to MJF. Uh, apparently, Joseph Saldino, not very popular. No, he had massive heat with the crowd, which thankfully Excalibur pointed out, or Taz did, because I was like, "What the? what's happening here? I don't know this guy. So MJF cuts his big, long promo talking about growing up, having issues with ADD. He had a teacher growing up, Mrs. Benedict, who would laugh at him for not knowing answers and said, you know, what are you planning to do with your life? Yeah. He said, I'm going to be a professional wrestler and be a world champion. He said... She said, your chances of that are slim to none. I wouldn't believe this is a true story, too. Like, I wouldn't put it beyond Max to make this up, but I think when he said the name, he got, like, some crowd reaction. Yeah. So I feel like this might have been a true story. But really, the point of the story, according to MJF, was don't be a stupid bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's funny for a pop, but also, like, you know. Yeah, there's something to be said about, you know, kids with ADD, ADHD, and and, and all of that. And also there's something actually heartwarming in the MJF story about him literally making his dreams come true. No, certainly that, but also the default, and I don't know if this is just the the SJW with me or whatever, but like 
the default insult for a woman is just a stupid Dude, bitch. bitch. Yeah, and for somebody like MJF, that seemed like a, a low. He could have gotten smarter. I he, think. Yeah, yeah. Could have more that creative. Would be, that would be my complaint about that. Rain's corner, I noticed, and they. <laughs> <laughs> like thread, like yeah, like thread has got fined for saying twat. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but well, twat, twat. Yes, uh, she's fish. Random note from that part of the segment, and maybe yeah. I'm reading into too much. Did you notice the MJF seal on uh, on the podium? Uh, I it was just MJF and like some kind of script writing, wasn't it? It was a, it was his lion tattoo, in a black circle. And then Maxwell oh, Jacob Freak. Oh, no, the seal. I see. Very similar to the lion mark right. of New Japan okay. Wrestling. I don't know if it was intentional or just coincidental, but. Huh. All right. Yeah, all right. So we're Forbidden Door uh, fantasy booking here. Yeah. Who does MJ, who, who would MJF face, do you think? I think Tanahashi would be the clearest answer. Yeah, because... Tana could eat a pin. No, yeah. Tana could eat a pin, and also it is pure heel versus pure baby face. That's true. Yeah, you don't want to put him against Okada. As much as the match would rule, yeah. Um, Okada can't eat another pin right now. Yeah. Uh, even if it's to AEW's world champion. Plus, I don't think Gato or Kazu would <laughs> kind of be down with that at right, this point. Right, right. That's also yeah, MJF decides to work Forbidden Door. So True. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, that may have been one of the... Because uh, oh, that's right, he hates New Japan, doesn't he? Well. He says he does. Does he? Does he? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's I hard to like, tell when he's working and when he's. Yeah. I feel like some of the reasons he came up with when he gave that interview talking about it seemed well, like. Well, he said he loves Green Ocon, <laughs> which tells me he's, okay. he's, he's working a bit. Okay. Fucking U.S. fans hate Green Ocon. <laughs> <laughs> I think Green Ocon's not bad. I'm kind yeah. of on board with him. Uh, so, anyway, he's like, you know what? I think it's time for an encore performance. So he goes back up the ramp, looks like we're going to get pennies from heaven again. When a guy with symbols behind MJF uh-huh. starts claiming them incorrectly, I thought it was the uh, one camera guy who always looks like Cesaro. It was not. <laughs> uh, turns out it was Jungle Boy. Yeah. Uh, takes off his hat, mask, all that fun stuff. They brawl. Uh, agents and security start separating them. As Pat Buck. Uh, uh, yeah. Noted agent Pat Buck. Yeah. Uh, as Sammy Guevara makes his way out for his match. It takes yeah. a moment to hold off, hold up the AEW title. Uh, and then we had Sammy Guevara versus I mean, Commander. I thought that was a good way to work him into the segment, yeah. too. Yeah, and I, I just like that transition right out of this big to-do right into a match. Yeah, and they did another one of those transitions last night on the uh, going from the end of Rampage into Battle of Belts, yeah. which, you know, again, you always say when it feels like an actual show or mm-hmm. environment or like actual, you know, its own world sort of thing. When it's the people cross paths, man. Yeah. When it feels like everything is living and breathing and going. Yeah. It, it is just segmented. And right. That was a perfect example of it. So, Sebastian Guevara against Commander. This had some great moments. Yeah. Commander is still super green when it comes to singles matches. Like, yeah. You look up on Cage Match, his career to date. Yeah, he's had a few dozen singles matches. Like, really? Yeah, he's he's mostly because because Lucha, he's yeah. mostly been in multi bands, right? And that means his spots can be sort of you know laid out differently, right? And and, and granted, this is coming just after what I thought was an incredible match at the Ring of Honor pay per view against Vikingo, but that's like, oh yeah, it's a different 
it's a different type of match in general because these two guys are just sort of innovating in front of each other. Where yeah. Sammy, like, A, has to get the shine in the match in this one yeah. because he's going for the world title. But B, I don't know that there's that much that Sammy could do with Commander that was anywhere near as innovative as, say, what a Vikingo could do. Not to take anything yeah. away from Sammy. It's yeah, well, just like he's not on that level of, of, of the lucha acrobatics. And he could hold his own, but yeah. not, I mean, Vikingo is just, you know. I'm I'm gonna make a weird analogy, and it's it's the best thing I can think of here. You can't give a band that just released their first EP a headlining set. Sure, they don't have the catalog yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Commander has like three to five incredible spots. Right, and he does them all fantastically. And unfortunately, in this scenario, he had to do them multiple times. Yeah. Yeah, you, so it's like you, you, you build know, a set with cover songs that aren't necessarily polished or uh, right. different from the others. Right. So like him going for you know the the tightrope shooting star yeah. three times in this match. Yeah. And only getting it the last time, and even then it was to knees. It was like yeah. kind of takes the shine off a little bit. Also, I mean, it's kind of I noticed this watching this is when everything that you do is top rope based. Yeah. It kind of gets, okay, let's just, can, can you learn a fucking arm drag or something? <laughs> right. And this is coming from me, Mr. All About the Flippy Doos. But yeah, when, yeah, you know. I mean, look, uh, he's an incredible athlete. Yeah. He does things I've never seen before. He just doesn't necessarily have that connective tissue down yet. Right. And it'll come. I know it'll come. Because if you can do all of that, yeah. un- if you do all of that, Undoubtedly, you can do bigger and better things. Sure. It's just, it, it made for kind of a weird match. Post-match, Sammy cuts All a promo. Stake. Yes. Uh, post-match, Sammy cuts a promo uh, on MJF. Um, this was, it was, for Sammy, it was probably his best long promo. Yeah. But this was not the crowd to do it in front of. No, no, he's in Long. You're in Long Island, MJF. You're you're gonna be the heel. Yeah, and I could tell that kind of shook him a bit. Yeah, fair. Although in Sammy's credit, uh, he was barely winded at all after doing that match. True. <laughs> during this promo, which I would have been like, you know, on a respirator at that point, <laughs> <laughs> trying to cut a promo. Uh, sounded like fucking Stephen Hawking or something. But um, but yeah, uh. It was it was it was fine, but yeah, it wasn't the audience for the content. We had Hook versus Ethan Page for the FTW Championship. You know, this was very very short as yeah. Matt Hardy hits uh, hits uh, Ethan Page with the belt. He go- falls back into red rum. Hook gets the win. What was most confusing to me was the commentary was surprised by this turn of events. Have they not been watching the show? Yeah. Like, <laughs> did we not all see this coming? Yeah. Uh, Anywho, this then went immediately to Tony Khan's big announcement. Oh, boy. And I have to say, I think it delivered. I mean, this is something we've been waiting on for a while, so. Well. Maybe not us specifically, but. So, as it got closer and closer to showtime, I was thinking, okay, yeah, maybe it'll be. 
the London show. But is that really a a huge announcement that is going to change wrestling and change? We didn't say it was going to change the face of the business. We just said it was a huge announcement. What he was saying to fucking Sports Illustrated on oh, was afternoon? Yeah. Oh, I take it back then. <laughs> said it's something he's been dreaming about for years. Well, I mean, sure. It was going to be massive for their fans worldwide and, and change the trajectory of what they've been doing. I'm like, okay. So, Nigel McGuinness, who was officially announced as signed to AEW, uh-huh. is backstage with Tony. And Tony goes to do his announcement and proceeds to not blink for the next 45 seconds. <laughs> Here's what's going on. Five years ago, we had All In, as stated by TK in his little run. Yeah, yeah. A show put on by the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes. Yeah. The biggest independent wrestling show of all time. Five years on, All In is returning as they make their debut in London, England on Sunday, August 27th. He then brings in Adam Cole to announce where the show will be taking place. And the show will be held in the 90,000 seat Wembley (laughs) Stadium as they celebrate not just five years since the original All In, five years of AEW, but 100 years of Wembley and 100 years of Warner Brothers. Yeah, that's uh, that's a lot of seats, man. Yeah. That's a big room. That's a very big room. <laughs> uh, I don't know how they're going to do this. I think they might do this. Uh, word was 25,000 people signed up uh, day one to for pre-sale for for notification pre-sale, pre-sale. Yeah. and that was before dynamite actually had aired in the uk oh well well i mean you know the internet is instant so yeah i'm just saying the majority of the people who watch AEW didn't even hear or in the uk didn't even hear that right. that show was happening yet right um at least through the medium that they might hear it the most typically would yeah um they're gonna have to throw on everything on this show yeah, to I mean, so you say how many for the pre-sale code? Twenty-five thousand. Okay, so even if it, even if every single person who does that actually gets through and buys tickets, and right, let's assume they're buying at least two. That's fifty thousand. You're halfway there, and I would say fifty thousand, like fifty and a ninety, is not amazing, but fifty thousand is huge. Well, ninety is the capacity. Good total but you're not going to have there's going to be blocking and stuff yeah like so that. it's probably be closer to 75 70 75 when they have the stage done sure um yeah so and i don't think tony would go for wembley if he didn't have tricks up his sleeve right uh, well, warner brothers 100th anniversary thing i think is a part of this so who do you think that could entail i mean in terms of wrestling i don't know if it means anyone wrestling wise but i certainly think it means if you're a Warner Brothers employee in the UK, you probably have to be there. <laughs> Fair. Okay. Yeah. The entire uh, Harry Potter studio tour in, in right. London right. <laughs> uh, will be there. Hey, Daniel Radcliffe uh, appeared at a Raw before. So, yeah. you know, get his ass in the front row <laughs> that AEW. Uh, and LeBron James, the Tasmanian Devil. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just make it, just... it look like the crowds in the Space Jam sequel. <laughs> Funny about. Uh, celebrities wrestling 
uh, in that realm here. Uh, Kieran Culkin was on Hot Ones, yes, uh, the other day. Who's uh, I adore him. He's fantastic. Um, and he, along with his brother Macaulay, huge wrestling fans. Yeah. Uh, and he, in the midst of dealing with the Hot One Wings, was like, "How's Stone Cold Steve Austin doing this?" Because <laughs> he said he never watched that episode. And, yeah. You know, Sean had a nice uh, aside about that. But, but yeah, bring the fucking Culkins out there yeah, too. Yeah, Why bring not? the entire. I mean, it's HBO. Worth bring HBO for a while. Bring, uh, bring the dragons from House of Dragon. Bring them in. <laughs> uh, John Oliver, just have him there. Yeah, yeah, one yeah. about something. Uh, I think card wise, this is where you have to pay off all the dream matches. I think this is where you got to do. Omega Ibushi, Bucks and FTR, ZSJ and Danielson. Like every single one of the matches that's kind of like slipped through the cracks. I think yeah. you have to do all of them here. Uh, so who'd you say against Danielson? ZSJ? Yeah. Wouldn't Okada Danielson be a bigger draw? I mean, oh. in terms of. I mean, draw? if they can get New Japan, yeah. I mean, at that point, fucking do Okada Omega. Like, yeah, I feel like. I know or... Osprey is already tweeting like he's going to be there. I mean,. Look, if you're in the UK, oh yeah, you want you want Osprey in a in a big role there, yeah. uh, you know. So uh, Osprey and Omega, again, uh, depending on how allowed Door or plays forbidden out. door p- plays out, that could be the rubber match. True, you know. And it's uh, funny you just mentioned all out, by the way, because I, well, I meant double. Well, well, I'm just I, saying I, that I've said the name all out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if what. Anthony Bowens posted this week is to be believed. And look, I would think he might know because he worked for the company. This will be on Sunday, August 27th. Uh-huh. On Sunday, September 4th, the following Sunday, that's supposed to still be all out. Oof. And it's worth noting that this show, unlike every other major event that they've announced via press release that this applied to, was not announced as a pay-per-view. Really? Which makes me wonder, is this going to be a live special on TNT TBS? Is this going to be on HBO Max? Like, huh? is this, I mean, knowing how they do sometimes for like the big events across the Warner Brothers networks, is this going to be simulcast across multiple yeah. networks on a Sunday afternoon here in the States? That's putting a lot of faith in... Uh... That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of yeah. That's a that's a big ask for Warner. But I mean, yeah, they seem they definitely seem to be on board. And that was the other thing. <clears throat> all in with AEW. Yeah, and that, that's the other thing. This will so it's live in the UK, which is hours ahead of time here. Yeah. So it will air live here in the afternoon that yeah. Sunday, which is good for me because I have a concert that night. <laughs> oh well, there you go. Uh, it, it's so, it, it has been said that uh, seven p.m. is start time in the UK, so that'll be two p.m. here. Perfect. Yeah. Time to get down to Silver Spring for Glory Hammer and Ale Storm. There you go. That thing. But hey, between that, Forbidden Door two, possibly all out, uh, and double or nothing, and double or nothing. Yeah, TK's got quite the uh, schedule ahead of him, all while also booking Ring of Honor at the same time. Well. Booking Ring of Honor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's instance he just picks names out of the hat. <laughs> so Blackpool Combat Club had a match against three people who were never identified. Yeah, I uh I and I honestly I couldn't even pick them out of a lineup if I saw them in front of me right now. Yeah. Uh I just know they all got murked. And then yes. 
after the match, Brian Danielson, who was dressed for the sea, <laughs> grabs a microphone and saying, it's chilly in Long Island, saying, you know, after the, the match with MJF, he was at home with his family, who he loved. He said, you know what? I love the Blackpool Combat Club. I love John Moxley. I love Claudio Cla- Classignoli. I love Wheeler Yuta, even though he's a little shithead. I love that line. That so, was great. That was great. I, I love professional wrestling. But the problem here in AEW is in a company that's supposed to be full of professionals. There are a lot of people who are just amateurs. Amateur is the new fickle. And yes. I'm here for it. How, talk about how he hates the amateurs. Yeah. That that everyone, the young bucks are amateurs. Kenny Omega is an amateur. And we're the only professionals here. This brings out Hangman Adam Page. Yeah. Amateur. And noted amateur. <laughs> and it's just him. And he gets beat down immediately. Yeah. I Mox, Claudio, and Yuta. And Danielson just calling him an amateur. And he said, you know what? While I've been at home, I've been teaching my kids how to fix things around the house. And I need to fix AEW up from these amateurs. As he pulls out a screwdriver and yeah. starts shoving it into the face of Adam Page, who's Blessed. screaming in agony. Fantastic. Hey. Were the Dark Order not there? No, I guess not. Like, at all? I guess not. I guess Kenny wasn't there either. They were hanging out in catering, too. It was a really good catering spread that day. It was like a, you know, a Cajun chicken pasta sort of situation. It was all it was all leftovers from MJF Day. So it was, it was, it was peak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There. Yeah, the, the, the jazz ensemble really had a strong rider of, uh, of Mission Barbecue and Chick-fil-A. What was particularly strange to me is that how this was the inverse of the Don Callis bit last week. Don Callis wasn't supposed to bleed at all, but he busts oh, his yeah. head open like a goddamn pro. He's like, where's that camera? <laughs> Hangman Page definitely gigged for this because yeah. you can kind of see that there's blood on his head, but you see nothing. Like, yeah. they don't cover it. Like, he... I guess he bled. I don't know. I mean, you know, you would, you would, you would believe with the screwdriver. Yeah, you know, I and I, I couldn't tell. Was it flathead? I guess or Phillips? Uh, I, I believe it was a Phillips head. I mean, I feel you get you. you oh, you would get maximum gougage out of a flathead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was scrapage. Yeah, you know. Uh, uh but who, who am I? I'm no also, Lance Taylor. Does Tony Khan have an eye torture fetish? Because I'm pretty sure this is the fifth angle involving someone needing an eye patch in the end. Yeah, I guess so. We had either, Mox, either that or Malachi Black has taken over booking. Mox, Malachi, Pack, Santana. Andretti. Andretti. Oh, oh, we're at six then. Yeah. So, yeah, weird. Anyway, yeah. main event was FTR versus the Guns for the AEW. They need AEW branded goggles. That don't do nothing. They do nothing. Uh, the uh, if the guns won, FTR would have to leave AEW. Gee, I wonder who's going to win this one. I'll say this: guns felt big time as fuck when they came out for this match. No, look, they they had a big intro. They had some new gear. 
fucking crowd singing along with the entrance. Like many men. I mean, he's not going to sing along to to many men. Um, and uh, you know what? I will give credit where credit is due. The little one, Austin, right? Yeah, yeah. I think he was the MVP of this match. Yes, and that is not words I thought I would ever be saying. But the the work he did uh, has improved. It was crisp, and in terms of the storytelling um, and the emotion emoting that he did in that match, like the one thing where he where he after right after he uh, low blowed uh, uh, Dax, yeah, I, I think, think. He low blowed Dax, yeah, uh, and he just is just standing there, kind of looking up at the ref, just yeah, for come on, Paul, call it Paul to DQ him. That was just spot on, and um, yeah. no, I. The, the guy put the work in, you know, Colton's still a little, um, uh, newborn baby fallen legging yeah. at times. And FTR is, you know, fantastic. No, no, no notes on them, but yeah, the, the standout of that match for me was Austin Gunn, which is again, crazy for me to say. Yeah. And the, the whole idea of the, the story of the match being, they're trying to get disqualified versus actually, yeah. Uh, I, I thought was uh, a really clever idea. Kudos. Yeah. Ever came up with that. Yeah, uh, FTR wins. They're the tag champs. Get you know big confetti and everything. Uh, I kind of knew they were going to win once they had new lighting effects for their entrance. <laughs> <laughs> kind of been given at that point, but uh, you know, hey, FTR, uh, I, I, they signed champ, champ, double that's, champ. Well, not double champ, two time champ. Yes, and then that took us to Friday. The show no one was late for. Well, look. Live rampages are better than taped rampages. Historically. Still rampage, though. <laughs> so, show, uh, I, I've not had a chance to watch either show, so I'm going to be leaning on you a bit more for this. I have the results, but... Hook defeated Ethan Page in an FTW rules match. How was this? Uh, this is a fun little brawl. They went up into the... Uh, it started outside the ring. They went up into the crowd, walked around the crowd, beat each other up a little bit. Back into the ring. Uh, well, at one point, uh, Ego did like a, he popped up, Hook went to his shoulders and did like a running power slam into the timekeeper's table, which looked really good. Um, slammed Hook's head into the uh, very square ring posts and uh, set up, Ego set up a, a table in the corner of the ring, mm-hmm. uh, kept trying to throw Hook into it, but Hook uh, uh, countered from being on Ego's shoulders into the Red Rom and got uh, pretty much instant tap out there. Nice. Then, uh, as he was about to leave, uh, Hook noticed the table still set up at the corner and then uh, did the uh, the T-bone suplex uh, onto Ego through the uh, table there for nice. the uh, decisive uh, decisive win. It was a you know fine little brawl. Nothing really too crazy happened there. Um, it was Excalibur, JR, and Tony on commentary, by the way. And, so the uh, classic trio, but... JR yeah. in 23 is not JR in 2019. No, I mean, he's still using the same fucking cliches he used 30 years ago, but uh, they just are not really working. And he, you know, he called, uh, at one point, Hook did a um, uh, twist of fate mm-hmm. on, on Ego, um, and he JR called it a DDT. Excalibur initially called it a side effect and then corrected himself to call it the twist of fate. And then uh, JR tried to, you know, save face. By Excalibur was so stunned by how wrong JR got it. He <laughs> himself got it wrong. Like, didn't you name that move? Yeah. <laughs> There's something like that. Jimmy been calling that move for 25 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there were multiple moments of 
just bad commentary from JR. It just not just bad commentary and the same old cliches, but just it seemed like he hadn't been watching the product and they just threw him in there. It's like, yeah, hey, just do your thing. Yeah. You know, yeah, like thing, Jim. Yeah. yeah. You you know what to do, right? You know what you're doing. And he did like he was just factually wrong about many different things. And it seemed like at, at at a certain point throughout the broadcast, the two over the two hours, JR would say something and then like Tony. And then Tony wouldn't say anything. Like they were actively like Excalibur and Tony were actively ignoring everything that JR was saying at a certain point, which is both hilarious and sad. That's a bummer. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of bummers, QTV was next. Oh my God. This look, we've said this before. It's essentially a parody of a parody and the parody uh, was done well in pop star a lot better in QT and Solo and the other two schmucks don't have the chops to pull this off. And it's just a dated, not funny uh, gimmick segment. Uh, it needs to go. It's it's awful. The Jericho Appreciation Society, or 2.0, and the Acclaim defeated yeah. Leon St. Giovanni, Bobby Orlando, and the Infiltry. Sure. <laughs> those guys. I, don't, I think only two of those guys saw ring time in this match. It was very short. Swerve had a PSA. Well, said, you're 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 missing the the big the big part after the match. The the four men are there are five men because or six men because Billy Gunn and Jake Hager were out there as well. Yeah. They were celebrating, oh. and then Jake Hager picks up uh, Billy Gunn in celebration, but then slams them down, starts beating them down, and 2.0 turn on the acclaimed. So uh, they uh, I guess did get the picture of what uh, the acclaimed said. The other day, and did not take kindly to it. So they, uh, this feud must will continue. Swerve uh, had his announcement. He said he would be announcing his new merger later tonight. Yeah. His announcement was that I'm going to make an announcement later. Yes. <laughs> uh, Darby Allen defeated Lee Moriarty. Apparently, Darby was run over by a car on Thursday. Apparently, yeah. Skateboarding in New York, they said that he uh, was hit by a car. Yeah. And you definitely saw some uh, some some road rash on his back uh, during the match, even bef- you know before Lee Moriarty got some offense in. It was a f- fine match. Yeah, um, I, I was wondering how that was. Out of everything last night, this and the OC match were the two I really wanted to watch. Um, how are you going to disrespect the Lucha Bros like that? Because fucking QT Marshall, man. <laughs> yeah, but Lucha Bros. Okay, you ever hear this? Turn a phrase, what do you get when you take five pounds of ice cream and five pounds of manure? You have 10 pounds of manure? That's that's what it is. You have How dare you? Hobbs and the Lucha Bros. They're great and all, but they're in with that sack of shit. <laughs> Look, as man as QT is, he can hold his own yeah. athletically in a match. You know, the, 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 the character shit is the worst part about QT. In a match, he's serviceable. I mean, he's, he's not like, you know, he's not putting on five-star bangers or anything, but I think he served his purpose in that. But we'll, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, where were we? Uh, Darby and yeah. Moriarty. It was it was good. I mean, you know, nothing really uh, extraordinary uh, in this. Uh, Big Bill got was out there with uh, with Moriarty, hit some, um, some offense on Darby while Moriarty distracted the ref. Uh, but then again, Darby also got his comeuppance by doing his uh, crazy uh, lawn dart dive of himself into Big Bill gotcha. uh, towards the end there. But yeah, he uh, coffin drop seals it for uh, for Darby. And but before, then Darby yeah. walking up the okay, you can you can cover before this. Darby can make his way to the back. Swerve's music hits. Mogul affiliate logo pops up. 
Swerve appears, and there's Brian Cage as it looks like the uh, mogul affiliates and the embassy are <laughs> merging. Prince, Prince King Nana out there to shake uh, Swerve's hand after Brian Cage hits a pretty vicious uh, F5 on Darby on the ramp. It looked it looked like he landed pretty much on his forehead, uh, which probably not great for Darby. <laughs> A segment I'm happy I did not see yet, and undoubtedly I'll be fast-forwarding through, was the Jade Cargill and Taya Valkyrie sit-down. Well, it did include RJ City. Oh! So he was the mediator. Oh! And, and, and RJ kind of did a very uh, uh, comedically fast recap of their feud, and really nothing else happened yeah. uh, after that. But it was it was a nothing segment. By the way, if you're this far in, you're definitely committed, so... Uh, just a moment to mention that fucking Brian Danielson on Hey EW, oh man, might be the plot of that show. Can we uh, can we nominate that for a Webby Award or something? Yeah, I know, right? It is just fantastic entertainment. Main event of Rampage was Julia Hart defe- defeating Anna J A S. I really didn't pay much attention to Smash to be honest with you. Do you not seem to be going nuts about Julia's entrance? I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I mean, she was like, it was this like kind of spooky, occulty, witchy sort of song. She was like lip syncing on the way down, which I hate. Um, uh, so it was very um, uh, Scarlet then. I Yeah. Yeah. It was more that than anything great. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah. But like you were alluding to earlier, as uh, she was leaving. Yeah. OC's theme hit, which takes us right into Battle of the Belts. Yeah, I mean, it was it was awkward because they had to do the Battle of the Belts entrance after, like, setting up this thing up the ramp, and then they come right back to it. It was a little janky. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, she, like, kind of stares down OC as he walks by her, just, like, nonchalantly, as OC will do. And then it was Orange Cassie defending the International Championship against Drillistico. How was this? Um, Drillistico... He's okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't know. It. <clears throat> he tried to, you know, do the counter to, to OC's sort of thing. The it, And then at one point, I don't know. The, the, everything about both shows seemed janky and off. Okay. The commentary, all the, like, every match, there were, like, kind of hiccupy sort of uh, moments where, Nothing was as smooth as I've seen most of these people be. Um, nobody was at the top of their game last night in my, you know, dork in his basement internet purchase microphone opinion. Uh, and this man, I mean, you know, OC did all of his typical spots and he even did the, um, he did the, uh, the Dan House and tequila dance while doing basically an old school uh, on the top rope, oh. uh, which was fun. Um, you know, and, you know, OC these. Typical hands in the pants thing, um, but yeah, it, I was expecting a big standout from match from Jurlistico, and I didn't get it. That's a bummer. Yeah, post match Malachi Bo- Malachi Black, excuse me, yes. uh, appears on the screen. Black uh, said, "You know, uh, looks like the the House of Black is starting to eat you alive, but we're not done with you just yet." Buddy Murphy appears and says, "You know what? We put our trio's title on the line. Why don't you put your title on the line in the match?" So it looks like we're getting. Buddy Matthews and Orange Cassidy real soon, which uh, Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday. Did you yep. announce for that? Yep. Uh, there's a promo recapping everything with Jay White and Ricky Starks. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, then Mark Briscoe was backstage and, oh, reading this, it sounds like we're very happy about this turn of events. So, yeah, Mark Briscoe's back there. He was asked about uh, his friends, the Lucha Bros, winning, I guess they're best friends now, uh, yeah. winning the the titles the pr- prior week. Out comes Jay Lethal alone. Yeah. Talking about how, you know, we've known each other 20 plus years. You're out here alone. Why don't we uh, why don't we go through this thing together? And Mark's like, okay, yeah, sure. We, I've known you that long. Why not? And as soon as he shakes his hand, the rest of these assholes come out. Uh, and Mark looks very confused. And I, my eyes roll into the back of my head. Yeah. So. So Mark is now one of those assholes. That's a bummer. Yeah. I don't care for that. Jake Cargill defeated Billy Starks, making her national television debut for the TBS championship. Yeah. JR not creepy at all during this match. Um... She's 18 years old. She's 18 years old. My God. My God. Uh, Billy was okay. Again, um, you know, I don't know if, because honestly, she's more experienced despite her age than Jade is. Um, So I don't know if it was just their contrasting styles. Neither of them super, you know, super fluid in a lot of their stuff. Mm -hmm. A couple good, you know, hope spots for Billy, but she took the heat for most of the match. Uh, But she definitely got in some offense and Jade, you know, I think is still kind of learning to sell. Because she hasn't really done it much. Yeah. So, but, uh, you know, a couple good counters from Billy out of the the jaded, um, but then eventually falls to the jaded after going up top and then um, falling, uh, uh, failing a high risk, high risk maneuver off the top rope, right into the jaded one, two, three. And then Jade celebrating out comes Ty Valkyrie, um, tries to put Jade up into the, um, what is it? Rock follow road to Valhalla. Yeah. Uh, Jade escapes and then, then walks off. So, okay. Michael Nakazawa and Brandon Cutler were backstage. Sounds like they're getting serious now, which is exactly what we don't need. <laughs> yeah, I uh, like to the point where Brandon Cutler is trying to do this serious promo and he takes off his face guard all seriously. I was like, right, is this supposed to be hilarious? Because this is kind of hilarious. <laughs> and I don't think it was supposed to be hilarious. Uh, so, yeah, we're getting uh, they announced uh, in the rundown at the end of the night, it'll be Mox and... Claudio, I think, against Knock and Cutler on Wednesday. Oh, interesting. They're going to get murdered. Yep. Uh, and then the main event was the Lucha Bros defending the Ring of Honor tag team titles against Powerhouse Hobbs and QT Marshall. Caprice Coleman joining the team for commentary. Uh, I typically like Caprice. Caprice How do you do with uh, what was, from all indications, a pretty off night from the booth? Yeah, I, I feel... And again, this was towards the end of the night, so my uh, my memory is waning. I feel like JR sat this one out and it was this caliber Tony and um, Caprice for this. Oh, that's an improvement. Either that or I just totally blocked out JR, <laughs> which is also a possibility. Very possible. Uh, but Caprice, Caprice is good. He added a, a good, a, some, some good um, uh, commentary to the match. The match itself, you know, it wasn't a standout Lucha Bros match by any means. Penta was in the ring for most of it. Uh, Phoenix got the hot tag. There were a couple, you know, a couple moments uh, of near falls where you like, oh shit, you know, because uh, Hobbs beating down everybody and QT almost pinned Phoenix after what was the, it was some move. I don't remember what it was, but I thought, oh, that might have actually done it, but it didn't. Um, it, it was, it was, it was a fine match. It wasn't like dirt shit because of QT. QT, like I said earlier, you know, did okay for QT, but it was, I mean, there was no way they were winning this match. Let's be honest. Lucha Bros retain, and that's the end of the show. So it sounds like Wednesday is getting stacked between uh, OC versus Buddy Matthews, mm-hmm. 
uh, the Elite Flunkies versus the BCC, um, Keith Lee, uh, again, Jericho, Jericho, and Swerve versus Darby. So that's that's a pretty good lineup for yeah. this Wednesday. Yeah, with but, more to be announced. Yeah, as always, more to come. Uh, but before we wrap up the show, Chris, I just wanted to share breaking news. Oh, God. We, we also are being acquired by Endeavor. Oh, $23.50 is their offer. So uh, I, I think we're going to Sizzler, buddy. I don't know, man. Should we hold off for the Saudis to get in touch with us? You know what? Hell yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Take that blood money. The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House Redos, and Rough House Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod- House uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. Brother, you see plenty of family stand themselves inside out, all about, up and down, gotta shout. Ain't no reason for you to be splitting from your bitch and heading into a ditch. Dusty Rhodes Family Counseling's available, baby. Let me soothe your soul. Dusty, my significant other and I tend to disagree just about everything. I don't think you and I can work it out. It's more labor than it is a relationship. Well, if you'd put some time into the relationship, maybe we wouldn't be in this situation right now. Simple fix, bitches! All you gotta do is grab them stitches and dig into them hitches. Grab a handful of hair, go here, go there, dig it in, bear back up in the butt crack, baby. Most sex is what the doctor requires. I feel like there's no intimacy in our relationship. What are you thinking of when we make love? Well, I tell you, but we never get an opportunity to, being that you always seem to have a headache or you're always too busy. Ooh, it seems like someone's got the cold hole up in that baby soul, baby brother. What you gotta do is take some of that butter, put it in the ass crack, and make it flutter. Ocoutrements all the way from Vermont. What am I talking about? Maple syrup in them stirrups, that's right. Squeeze some of that gooey goodness on that food sex, baby. Ain't nothing like grabbing a meal and making a squeal all at once. Use foods in the bedroom. It seems like my son doesn't listen to me. I'm not trying to have him walk in my footsteps, but for God's sakes, I just need him to do something with his life. I don't want to do that. I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to be you. I want to be somebody. I want to be me. Fuck you, Dad. Oh, you got a dad ain't so rad. Got a son, he ain't no fun. You're going to be buttonheads. I'll tell exactly what you need to do, cowboy. You need to lock that door and get on all fours. That's what. Handful of hair, take it here, take it there. Don't be a square face down ass up. That's the way we like to reconcile father-son sex. It's a Dusty Rhodes Family Counseling Center, brother. If that bitch is putting a stitch in your giddy up, if that son ain't getting it done, if your dad is being less than glad, you gotta hit me up. Call 555 Honey Do Melon. That's 555 Honey Do Melon. If you wear yellow polka dots, I'll give you 50% off your bill, chill.